Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Very Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Hope your week was fantastic as well. As a reminder, markets are closed on Monday here in the States for uh, MLK Day. Hope you have a nice, uh, long three-day weekend. And, of course, we'll be back with you here Tuesday uh, for our next podcast in our very letters. A lot of stuff to report today, a lot of interesting things, a lot of inside baseball. Tyler shared with me some great data here because it felt like – it honestly felt like kind of a quiet week. You know, we're getting ready for uh, Q4 earnings, which uh, kicked off today with big banks. We'll cover that in a minute. Uh, But then this morning we got the news that the U.S. and U.K. have uh, have launched a series of uh, military strikes uh, in Yemen. Uh, here we go again. Uh, again, more, more of these crises. So futures opened sharply lower, than, sharply lower, I say, a couple hundred points lower on the back of what were not great bank earnings at first blush. Uh, we believe and have for over a decade, really, that banks are value traps. We avoid this group. I wouldn't say like the plague, but pretty close to it. Not, not a lot of excitement there for us. Uh, and uh, Bank of America, uh, when they announced earnings, was down 5%, and that set the tone. Well, uh, they actually closed down uh, just six tenths of one percent, but also earnings from Wells Fargo, uh, just a horribly run bank. Uh, of course, a lot of fraud is taking place in this uh, one of the largest uh, mortgage originators in the country. Wells Fargo down three point three percent today uh, on earnings. City, which has been another big value trap over the years, uh, actually went up. Uh, finishing higher on the day. It was down sharply as well at one point, then it's up seven tenths to one percent. And finally the, the the granddad of them all, the the the, the big man on campus, uh, and the uh, criminal enterprise known as JP Morgan, uh had opened uh lower as well, then rallied throughout the day. At one point I think I saw it up over three percent, finished down eight tenths to one percent. So we didn't get a lot of strength from bank stocks. And of course as as the you know, saying goes, it's very true, it's not the news that matters. It's the market's reaction to that news that matters most. So the BKX, the bank index, finishing down 1% today. You look at that and go, well, okay, we're not to a great start, are we, for Q4 earnings? But, folks, this quarter was never going to be about how the banks do, all right? It was never going to be about how banks and financials do, although financials are a different cup of tea. There's so many, uh, again, so many new age, right? So many different kind of financial companies that are out there now that are using financial engineering and, and helping consumers and corporations. This is the this is one of our big five uh, 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 big bright megatrends is financial engineering. I'll touch on that more in just a moment. So there's a lot of creativity and innovation taking place in that space, just not in traditional banks. So that's why this doesn't matter. Um, what really matters uh, is again geopolitics. You know, this has the potential to be uh, to, to be something that could uh, really grow into something and metastasize into something highly negative globally. Uh, if you saw Tucker Carlson has a uh, an update out today, and he's basically warning, and I think he's spot on in this. This is what the military industrial complex wants. They want to go to war with Iran. They've wanted to for a long time. Let's just hope that's not what this leads to. But on this news, we saw big moves. Uh, at the open today and actually grew throughout the day in precious metals and miners and uh, and, and crude oil. Uh, we'll cover that in our commodity section a bit later. But again, a lot of volatility at the open based on these fairly poor earnings from the bank stocks and then this geopolitical uh, uh, strife and tension in the Middle East. Uh, let's cover the markets now because we, we rallied. This has actually turned out to be a pretty good day today. It could have been an ugly Friday. Markets typically... Are, uh, can be very worried 
about it Friday, especially a three-day weekend, because you can't sell anything for three days. So I think the fact that the NASDAQ finished positive on the day, S P 100 finished positive on the day. I think these are those are tells. I think they're tells. Dow Jones did finish down 118 points on the day. Uh, that is, uh, that's only three-tenths of 1%. Again, have been down over 200 points. Russ 2000 also down three-tenths of 1%. But I think this is a, I think it's, I, I have to say it's a positive day, but it's the inside baseball that Tyler shared with me that really tells the real story and gives us that real in, in, internal strength of this market. Check this out. From our leaders, right? If you're with us very long, you know what the leaders are. It's the semis. Semis on the week finished up 4.1%. Again, the markets were essentially flat this week. Semis up 4.1%. NASDAQ, though, up 3%. Uh, SP 500 up 1.8%. So it's a better week than we thought, right? And the housing stocks, again, another of our leaders. Uh, again, there's no more important sector to the consumer market than housing. Housing is the largest purchase that 99% of the people will ever buy as a home. And so, yeah, housing matters uh, more than any single sector uh, when it comes to strength of the consumer, strength of the economy. Housing today, uh, this week, up 2.5%. But the biggie, drum roll please, 10-year ten ten notes. We got the CPI uh, report out, uh, uh, what was that, yesterday, right? These days kind of merged together uh, for me a little bit. And the CPI data was immediately viewed as being hot. How many times do you see it? Oh, inflation's back. We told you it hadn't gone away. Oh, it's going to only get worse. No, 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 no. (laughs) How do I know that? Because the 10-year T-note today, uh, this week, closed down 10% on a yield basis, closing uh, at 3.95%. Again, bond yields continue to plummet. We think they're only going to go lower. And uh, we're going to be writing this next week. Tyler covered this in detail in his podcast yesterday. I meant to write it up this morning, ran out of time in, a, in my morning letter. But if the, if the, if the, uh, if the government, the BLS, hadn't made seasonal adjustments, right, if they had not made seasonal adjustments to the CPI, we would have had deflation. We would have had ne- a negative number, a negative print year over year instead of getting uh, what was it? 3.4% year over year inflation. So that's what's coming because that's the future. We're going to see both uh, 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 headline CPI and core CPI data, or at least over the next two months, based on the way they calculate these numbers, you're going to see inflation plummet on an official basis. And what does that tell us? Well, uh, the markets do like rate cuts. The markets really love anticipating rate cuts. And what really likes that? Tech, semis, this is, this is the group to go to when rates are expected to plummet along with the miners. I, I shared this this morning, uh, with our folks. I'll just read the, let me kind of jump around a little bit here, but check this out. <clears throat> when the Fed is going to cut rates and there's, when their pivot begins and they're likely going to cut, I don't know, I think March because the CPI data is going to be so weak. Over the next two months, I think, yes, there will be, I think there'll be a rate cut in March. Again, the bond market leads, the Fed follows, the bond market is telling you what's going to come. But check out what GDX has done in the last three big rate cutting cycles. That's from uh, 2000 to 2008, and then also happened in, in a compressed fashion in, two, in six months, in two, seven months in 2016, and then uh, in, in 2020. GDX, uh, in these three time frames went up 
400%, then 238%, then 208%. So we're looking at an average of, of, of what is that? That's 280% gains in GDX when the Fed cuts rates in the last three big rate cutting cycles. Uh, and, and it just so happens, by the way, that the miners today uh, ripped and roared higher, uh, finishing up 3% of the day. Now, we've talked about this group a lot. <clears throat> this is this is really more for uh, probably for our, our very subscribers and members uh, than uh, just a casual listener. But look, this is a group that we are very well positioned in. We are aggressively positioned in this group. Gold just hit an all-time high recently. Uh, the miners have been in a strong rally from the lows of last year. However, they've been late of late. They've been weak of late. And but what what stands out to us, uh, first of all, from a technical point of view, there's a very well defined ascending bullish channel in the miners. And again, GDX, the gold miner ETF is a very well defined bullish channel. And we just bounced off that lower end. So technically, we like this group. We just got a golden cross with the 100 day cross, the 200 day in a matter of uh, it won't be long. You know what? I, I, now, now I'm curious. Let me just check this. Because we, we have another golden cross, the biggie, where the 50-day crosses the 200-day coming up, and that's going to take place, I'm going to say, probably next week. Uh, so again, the technicals look great on this. Uh, uh, we want to get – we're just – we're just uh, are we back above the 200-day? Anyway, I think today we, we jumped back above the 200-day, but it's been vacillating back and forth uh, just above or just below the 200-day. But then also this morning, we wrote this up this morning for our folks. I would encourage everybody, uh, maybe do a Google search, or if you're a, a subscriber of ours, we had shared this in our letter this morning. By the way, if you're not, sign up for three weeks, brainsider.com, brainsider.com. Uh, Sprott Asset Management uh, came out with a fantastic a uh, report on gold mining stocks, the title being Gold Mining Stocks, A Clear and Compelling Investment Case. I encourage everybody to read it over the long weekend because, look, this group has been hated. It's not just un- under-owned. It's, it's really hated, okay? Under-loved, under-owned, hated. Um, and it's been all, all over the map. But when this group gets going, it's one of the most exciting groups to, to be a part of. And I've been part of several of these. We've actually crushed uh, this uh, ownership of gold miners, gold and silver, since I first recommended gold and silver back in 2003. Made a lot of money in this group. And I think we're positioned to make a ton of money going forward. Read this Sprott Asset Management case, uh, a case study. Uh, I'll make, I'll make two, two, two points here from this study. I just, I just made one. How GDX does in a rate-cutting cycle. This is what the market is beginning to anticipate. Also, the gold mining industry is in essentially in a quasi-liquidation mode. In other words, uh, uh, the, uh, the, and this is based on uh, both the Sprott and Bloomberg's research, the reserve life of the top 10 global miners has, de- has declined by 33% in the last 10 years. So the supply is not there as demand continues to pick up. And how do we know demand is picking up? Because central banks last year purchased an all-time high, record high level of gold purchases based on what we see so far. They'll do the same this year, 2022, I believe was just off an all-time high. So got mass. that's real smart money, right? Can we agree uh, that central banks are the actual smart money? They're certainly the big money. Uh, and when they're buying, it, it makes a lot of sense to follow their lead. So uh, I'll leave it there for you. I'd encourage you to read that over the weekend. Miners are trading at 30-year low valuations to gold. This group is cheap. Now, 
buying something because it's cheap doesn't mean you're going to make money in it, okay? But when all the other stars line up, and they are now the technicals, the fundamentals, now sentiment because the group is so hated as a contrarian, you want to buy it. Uh, I can tell you, again, we are aggressively long in this group, very excited about the amount of money we're going to make in this in both junior miners and in physical gold and silver uh, and uh, in ETFs as well. We use leverage ETFs. And, of course, that gives you a great diversification uh, for a gold miner ETF, and it gives you better bang for your buck. So, uh, uh, again, read that report. I think you'll like it. I think it'll pay dividends going forward. Um, uh, what else here? Oh, I want to make one final note on banking. I, I cover, we, We've covered this so often, uh, and we were, I believe we were one of the first to do it. Um, I know I was one of the first to get beaten up about it on social media, and when I started reporting this, and again, talking about this on my very first appearance on Charles Payne's show uh, just over a year ago, and um, I'm going to be on again next week, so I may have to touch, touch on this again. Uh, what we're also learning from the banks is that mortgage delinquencies now make up just 3.6% of total bank loans, just 3.6%. To put that in perspective, that is just off. All-time lows. Just and the all-time low was like six months ago. So we're right at all-time lows. So for everybody out there telling you that oh we are entering the next 2008 financial crisis, the whole thing's going to implode. Look, that's what the permavirus wants to believe, right? That's what the uh, the fear mongers wants to believe, folks. It ain't true. Nothing could be further from the truth. We are in the roaring twenties. We have consumers have rarely, if ever, been in better shape. The facts bear this out. I won't go through it all again now, but we covered it so often. Home prices all time high. Credit scores all time high. Net equity in home all time high. One third of Americans have no debt on their home. Again, now mortgage delinquencies right at all time lows. Uh, folks, this is telling you how strong the consumer is, and why does that matter? Because 68% of consumers own at least one home, at least one home, okay? Nothing's more important than housing. This is the foundation. Tyler covered this when we were talking about this, and he put it in, in, a, in, in great perspective. The reason all of this matters, the financial strength of the consumer, the reason this matters is that this is the kind of, this is the kind of balance sheet fundamentals for both corporate America and for consumers. Corporate debt is 50-year low, folks. 50-year low to market cap. So it's both consumer and for American companies. This is the kind of balance sheet data that you see at the beginning of economic expansions, not at the end, right? Because right now, consumers have the ability to lever up aggressively because they're not leveraged up now. They're not leveraged up now. That means they have the ability to do so, and they will. They always do as animal spirits return and confidence in the economy comes back. Right. Hard to be that confident right now with the side of negativity we have. And with look who's who. <laughs> look at look at the brain dead guy we got sitting in, in, in the White House in D.C. That's why so many people are so scared to death. But that's a psyop, folks. This is that's what we've been saying, telling you for a long time now. This is one of the big reasons we've been so aggressively along the stock market, because this this move higher is just beginning. And the the the, the, the fundamentals of the uh, American financial economy prove this up. We got it again, again from this from the from the mortgage delinquency data. This is the roaring 2020s. Everywhere we look, we're seeing this backed up. Not to mention, not to mention the fact that we are in an AI and innovation revolution boom time again. Another of our big bright mega trends. I, I spent uh, 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 we spent a lot of time 
looking into this. Okay, we're very excited about this. Uh, today, Larry Fink, uh, the CEO of BlackRock, and uh, again, I'm, I'm not I'm not a fan of his necessarily, but he put out a tweet today uh, uh, with respect to because he's a big Bitcoin fan. Of course, they're one of the first uh, Bitcoin ETFs to launch under BlackRock. Um, Larry Fink said the next step will be tokenization of financial assets. What does that mean? Well, whether or not you love cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, etc., you like the blockchain, right? I've yet to meet anybody that understands what the blockchain rep- blockchain technology represents that doesn't like it. This is what all these companies are gravitating to. This is why AI is so powerful because it's going to give us the ability to uh, uh, have uh, uh, again. Uh, use the blockchain across multiple asset classes, multiple financial assets, including homes, mortgages, real estate. Folks, this is coming. Tokenization and fractional ownership of assets is going to provide massive amounts of liquidity. Okay, massive amounts of liquidity, uh, not just liquidity, but again, fractional ownership, faster transaction speeds, uh, cost savings, improved transparency, greater inclusion. And all assets can be under this. But Larry Fink knows it today. Folks, this is something we're staying on top of. We are looking, looking for a, a, a way to take advantage of this, specifically in the mortgage and real estate industries. If you're listening to this podcast today, if this is something you know about or have good contacts in this space, please contact us and let us know uh, because we're looking for the right company to partner with so that we can begin uh, actually marketing this. We want to we want to help the world find out about the ability to do this. Just give you an example. What if you can go to homeowners all over the country that don't want to sell their home and don't want to reverse mortgage, okay? You know, you want to stay in your home, but you may be like a little liquidity. Well, what about, this is what this provides, folks. This is what blockchain tech and tokenization and fractional ownership will provide is the ability to say, maybe take 10% of your home and lay that off in fractional ownership to somebody else, right? You get the income, you get the, uh, the the 10% value of your home immediately. You still own, you're still own your home outright with all the rights that come with it. Uh, and that gives investors the ability to participate in the growth of your asset, of your home. This is all going to be done with 24-7 live pricing. That's the increased liquidity and, and transaction speeds and transparency that we're talking about here. This is a massive story, and it's just one sto- one part of the story of AI and the innovation revolution, and it's going to apply to multiple industries, asset classes. Uh, as I, I, I put out today, uh, this financial engineering we're experiencing, again, big part of the big bribe. This AI innovation revolution we're now in the first inning of, probably the top of the first inning of, I believe will take GDP growth to better than 5%. For multiple years in a row. Uh, this is something Kathy Wood, again, another rock star legend, okay? Uh, she also, of course, is a big Bitcoin advocate. Tyler covered it yesterday. She has 25% of her assets in Bitcoin. Wow. I mean, that's just amazing, okay? She's a very wealthy person, and she's at the forefront of all this. And she's, of course, the innovation queen, if you will. Uh, her work's incredible. She has an amazing team, and she gets crapped on so often. People that uh, really like to hate on her. Um, they're wrong. All I can tell you is they're wrong. She's right. They're wrong. And she's actually saying GDP growth could be better than what I'm saying. She's talking about GDP growth of 10% a year for multiple years in a row. Folks, this is why the markets are going up now. 
as a discounting mechanism, the markets are moving higher in advance of what's about to happen. So uh, I'll move on now. But again, this is something we're very excited about. If you've got expertise in this area, please reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, of course, anything that you come to us with, guess what? We'll partner up on it. We, we, we believe in win-win relationships here and every single thing we do. Uh, so come to us with your ideas. We'll, we'll form a partnership and we'll take this to the world by working with the, the, the right uh, 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 technology and, and, uh, and financial partner that's at the forefront of making this happen. Again, fractional ownership, tokenization in multiple industries, but specifically as we care about housing, real estate, and mortgages. All right. Um, so again, the, the bond market is telling us we're going to have a significant disinflation, which we already have, but it's going to be deflation going forward. China's exporting it, and now innovation will take care of the rest. This is a magical time to be an American, magical time to be an investor. It's a great time to have at least some money. You don't have to be wealthy, but you got to have some money, and uh, that's called hard work, folks. That's how you get that, hard work, uh, being smart with your money. Uh, what else today? Uh, let's see. I've covered it. one more thing I wanted to. No, that's the that's the big stuff. Again, to, to the fact the markets could rally this week in the face of this negative news, not great bank earnings, have the semis continue to lead higher again, up 4.1% this week. These are all big buy signals. Uh, and I think what's going to take care of the rest uh, is going to be tech earnings. Tech earnings, next week is, is uh, earnings pick up. It's really the week after next where we see all the big tech companies start to report. And they're going to, I believe they're going to blow the doors off. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, according to facts that, uh, the average estimate for earnings growth for Q4 is only like one point something percent, like 1.3, 1.5%, uh, for the fourth quarter. I think that's going to be not only on the low side, I think significantly on the low side as technology continues to lead the way higher. Uh, again, this is the innovation revolution. We are just beginning to enter right now. How exciting, right? By the way, SPF 100 is now to close today. It's just 13 points away from a closing all-time high. When that happens, it will join uh, Dow Jones as the only uh, uh, current uh, major index at all-time highs. But don't forget, folks, housing and the semis have already hit all-time high. There's your leadership. That's where we're going. They're telling you what's going to happen next in the broad markets. Keep buying the dips. That's the smart money play. Keep buying the dips. Be confident in that approach. This is the, this is the second year of a new bull market. As a reminder, second year of a new bull market has been higher every single year going back to 1952, uh, 100% of the time with average gains of better, uh, right at 14%. But we expect much better this year from tech, uh, semis, and, uh, and small caps. Uh, and then again, love the miners and, uh, and, and special situation stories, which we're, uh, we call our VRA 10 baggage that we're very high on. Um, just looking at my notes here. All right, let's move on to the internals today. Uh, mixed bag, but you know what? Uh, mixed bag. How about, about as simple as I can put it, really? Uh, NY, for advanced decline, NYSE was positive by a couple hundred issues. NASDAQ negative by a couple hundred issues. Call that a wash. Uh, volume was uh, positive uh, for uh, – no, it's slightly negative. I apologize. Slightly negative for both NYC and NASDAQ. However, new 52 highs lows came in at about 150 more stocks hitting a new 52 high than hitting a new 52 week low. Uh, these readings have not been great, by the way, of late. Uh, but again, remember, we had what, nine, 10 straight weeks of parabolic move higher in the markets. The sentiment went to extreme greed. We're still kind of there. But now these markets have worked off. 
their extreme overbought readings, and now they're in they're in they're hitting oversold levels. Again, this is technically speaking, in bull markets of size and scope like the one we're in now, this is when you're looking to either put on new positions or add to those positions. Uh, that's uh, that's been the best one of the best smart money plays since the birth of this bull market has been buying the dip. I see no reason to change that approach. It's working. It's not broken. Why would you change it, right? Uh, in our uh, uh, sector watch today, we had seven of 11 sectors that higher on the day, led to the upside by energy up better than 1.2%, real estate up 8 tenths 1%, communication service up 6 tenths 1% to the downside. Uh, really only one sector, consumer discretionary, down 1%, pretty quiet elsewhere. Uh, in our commodity watch, again, gold rocketed higher out of the open, up better than 50 points, up, uh, an ounce at one, $50 an ounce at one point, finishing up, let me make sure this is right. Finishing up 1.7%. I'm getting these late adjustments. And uh, yeah, 1.7% up $34 an ounce at 20.53 an ounce. Uh, silver up uh, 2.9%, even better for silver. That's uh, at uh, 23.36 an ounce. Copper today was down four pennies a pound at 3.73. Again, crude oil uh, today was up at one point, it was up over 3%, finishing up on the day 1.1% at 72.81 a barrel. And finally, the day, buy the rumor, sell the news, kicked down on Bitcoin, down 3,700 as I as I speak at 42,432. Of course, we covered this ad nauseum. All the, uh, uh, it's, it's now had the blessing of the SEC. Uh, a lot of people bought in advance of it. Uh, again, we've, we've been uh, a broken record with this as well. Uh, this is another major new asset class. It is now an officially, you can call it an officially new asset class. It's not a currency. It's an investment, but it's an asset class. And it's new. Uh, again, it's a simple, for me, simple Texas boy. It's a supply-demand story. That's really what it is. As a new asset that's got incredible upside potential. It's now been blessed by the SEC. Uh, they can't unbless it. They've already blessed it. And with only 21 million ever going to be in existence, with the halving taking place in 98 days, I think it's 97 days from now. Uh, again, it's, it is it is a great story, and I got to tell you, I think it's something you can buy here, and, and I think you can sleep. I think you can sleep. I think you can sleep good at night about it. Again, unless something goofy happens with uh, a hack job of some kind, that's always a risk. Certainly with, with uh, something like Bitcoin, which is only traded digitally, that's always a risk. Uh, you never want to go, uh, Kathy Woods at 25% of her assets in it. So who am I to, who am I to give advice? Just listen to Kathy Wood, maybe 25% of her assets are in Bitcoin. I'm not that aggressive, but, uh, it, I believe it does deserve a role in every portfolio, unless you're, you know, unless you're, uh, retired and living off of a monthly uh, stipend. I think if you're an investor, you deserved, and now you can, you don't have to use Coinbase, right? I don't understand. I, by the way, I don't understand why anybody wants to own Coinbase stock anymore. I don't get it. It was down 8% today, but it, it really had been going down, uh, you know, uh, into the, uh, the SEC approval. Coinbase is 52 high. It's 187. It's 129 now, but I don't think that tells the whole story. You go back a little further when it was red hot, the high Coinbase was 364. So it's 129 now. I don't understand the allure of Coinbase here. I'm sure I'm missing the story. Uh, at one point, I was very high on it. We never recommended it. Uh, I'm glad we didn't. But I think now that you can own these, you know, you, look, you can own cryptocurrencies directly, unless, of course, you want to have it in your own wallet, have that privacy and, and ability for asset protection, then certainly it plays a role. 
But I think some of the bloom is off the rose for Coinbase. At least that's my take. Uh, but uh, there's so many different ways now to own Bitcoin, of course, directly uh, through these uh, spot ETS. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Uh, listen, I hope you had a great week and even better weekend again, three-day weekend. We'll see you back here again Tuesday at the close.